you sometimes get bogged down in what should happen in your novel and why? And I don't just mean being blocked as to what the next event is going to be or what your character should do next. I mean, you're really having a hard time figuring out where your story's going or maybe why something should happen. You know, like you feel like you're floundering and just don't have a good handle on the functionality of a certain aspect of your story. I know that sounds a little bit complicated, but it's actually not very uncommon. So, I've done several podcasts about how to get unstuck when planning your fiction story, right? Whether you have the beginning, but not the end, the beginning and the end, but not the middle. I mean, I did um, episode 163 about wrapping up fiction character arcs, uh, 154 about planning your midpoint to your ending. You know, there's been quite a few of them. But maybe sometimes when we get blocked as to the events in our story, the problem actually runs a little deeper than that. It's not simply the plot that's giving us trouble, okay? Anybody who knows me and has listened to me for very long knows that I'm all about the inner game for the characters, right? The inner story or the inner character arc has to be built first as a foundation, and then the external story, which is the plot, sits on top of that. Well, guess what, lovely writer? (laughs) The same is actually true of you. Sometimes exactly what our characters need to thrive on their journeys of self-discovery is exactly what we, as the creators, need as well. Now, I'm not going to get all spiritual on you or tell you anything about your inner soul or anything. What I'm getting at here is that I want to talk about what story is on... It's not really an abstract level, but it's both deeper and also from a bird's eye point of view, kind of a broad functionality of what a story is and what each part is supposed to accomplish. That way, if you get stuck in planning your story, you can refer back to this as a blueprint and it will help you figure out uh, what needs to happen in your story to get to where you need to go. But it's going to be what happens in a very broad, general way, not telling you what needs to happen plot-wise, right? But if you can figure out what needs to happen in a broad way from there, you can plan the specific events that will work for your story. Okay? Sound good? Stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? If you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on, and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help, because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers, and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay, so I know I've told the story before about Tolkien and how he became uh, very inspired to finish The Lord of the Rings. In case you haven't heard it, I'm going to recap really, really quickly. So Tolkien had already written The Hobbit, and that did really, really well. And so he was trying to write The Lord of the Rings as a follow-up, and he was struggling really, really badly. He had basically the very first part with the birthday party, and then he had uh, Frodo leaving the Shire, and that was pretty much it. He was stuck. He didn't have 
any idea where he was going with it. And his buddy, C.S. Lewis, they met in a pub and were talking about it, and C.S. Lewis made the comment that hobbits were only interesting when they were put in very unhobbit-like situations. And that, for some reason, made a light bulb just click right on in Tolkien's mind. And he basically ran out of the pub, ran home, and was able to finish The Lord of the Rings. Not in one sitting or anything. I'm sure it took him months to finish it, but he was no longer blocked. He was able to push straight through until it was done. And that was on a typewriter, y'all. So uh, go him. But my point is, it was this one sentence that C.S. Lewis said that really inspired him and lit a fire under him to get that story finished, right? Um, Another story we hear similar to this, a little bit similar, is J.K. Rowling, right? We always hear the story about how she kind of was struck with inspiration and wrote almost the entire outline for Harry Potter on a napkin in a cafe. So what's my point with these stories? How are they like? Sometimes we just need the right question, the right setting, the right word or phrase to get the inspiration for everything in our story to fall into place. It's not terribly uncommon for that to happen, and we know that because we hear stories like this quite a lot. However, it's also important to note that even though it's not uncommon, it's also not terribly common. And what I mean by that is that While this probably happens for most writers at some point in their writing career, at the same time, there are plenty of stories that are not created this way either. For every moment of lightning clarity that brings us a wonderful story, there are hundreds of stories that aren't born that way. They're born by the long, arduous slog of the author just figuring it out one step at a time, okay? So let's talk about pantsing for just a minute. Again, this is something you've probably heard from me, but... Most people know that I'm a hardcore outliner. However, I do recognize that certain parts of my writing process are also pantsed. I believe that everybody is a little bit of both. You're not just a plotter or just a pantser. It's a continuum. It's about where you fall on that continuum. And most people have one they do more than the other, and that's fine. But everybody does a little bit of both. Now, here's what I'm going to throw out about this today. It's kind of a commonly misheld belief that pantsing means you basically get to write whatever you want because you're not sticking to an outline. But that is not the case. Pantsing does not mean, or discovery writing if you would rather, does not mean that you meander around, write whatever you want, do whatever you want with your characters, and that's what it's supposed to be. Granted, that's probably what some people do. (laughs) I'm not saying they don't. But that's not really the point. Point... Pantsing is just a particular way to figure out what your story is. And yeah, you're going to meander a little bit. But in the end, when you have a finished product, it still needs to be a story. It still needs to have all of the elements of a story, okay? So my point is that despite popular belief, there is a deep spiritual meaning behind every part of a story, every aspect, every element of it that comes together, there is a deep meaning there. And the meaning of the individual parts is the reason that the human template for storytelling works so well and resonates so powerfully with readers. Now, I get why people think that planning or outlining can lead to formulaic stories in a bad way. Sometimes they're right. I mean, using it incorrectly can lead to that. I cannot tell you how many books I picked up or saw or read the back cover of after Twilight that were pretty much the exact template of Twilight just set against the backdrop of a different world. (laughs) In fact, I remember one of them being made into it must have been a series. I don't think it was a movie. And one of my sisters was really excited about it and showed me the trailer. And I just sort of blurted that out while I was watching it. I went, oh, they ripped up, they ripped off Twilight. And then I realized I had sounded really cynical when I said that. And so I was kind of like, oh, um, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure this show will be great. You know? 
And then my sister looked at me and she was like, wow, you're kind of right. I didn't realize that until you said that, you know, but the point is, um, you know, it was something that had been basically derived from a formula based on Twilight. And, you know, it was successful enough to be made into a film. And so more power to them. I mean, that genuinely, I'm always happy for an author when their writing takes off, but it just also wasn't terribly original. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I get why people think that planning and outlining can lead to formulaic stories. Sometimes it can. Using it incorrectly can lead to that. But you also have to think about the flip side of it. Every super successful story that has ever been has all of the elements of the human template for storytelling. Now, I've done recently a couple of episodes on this. I did 174 about how Star Trek created such a great arc that was really timeless. And then I did 176 more recently about Titanic and how it was so successful. And those are just two of thousands upon thousands of stories that are really, really successful, and they all have every element of the human template in them. On the flip side, there can be stories that get a lot of hype that people push and think that they should do well, but ultimately they don't. They kind of flop. And I guarantee you every time that happens, if you go and analyze that story, it's missing elements of the human template for storytelling. So the ones that are successful have them. The ones that flop do not. Think about that. It really kind of says it all. So I'm not telling you what specifically to write in your story. That's another misconception about outlining and planning. Okay, that's not the point of outlining and planning at all. But rather, what I'm telling you is that if you can understand the why behind each part of the story, each element of it, it will not only keep you from getting stuck or help you to get unstuck once you stop and think about it, it will also empower you as an author to create stories that resonate with readers every time you sit down to write something. So the next question then is, uh, what are these elements I speak of, right? Well, we're going to talk a little bit then about what a story is and some basic elements that you can keep in mind so that you can really just keep your story on track and it will hopefully help you to get unstuck if you ever get blocked as to what's going to happen next in your story. So. Uh, you guys all know that one of my favorite uh, definitions of story, my favorite definition really, comes from Christopher Vogler. And it says, story is a metaphor for a journey that leads to change. Now, think about it this way. What a story is at its most foundational level, in its most simplistic form, is a change that somebody goes through and the journey that leads to that change. So in every story, there should be someone, a human being, or yes, I know sometimes it's an animal or an inanimate object that's given humanity, but that's fine. It just has to have some sort of humanity, right? So in any given story, there has to be a creature with humanity that is going to undergo some sort of change. It needs to be something that is, um, it, it takes enlightenment and transcendence in order to reach that change. So they're reaching a high, higher level of whatever it is, knowledge, uh, physical prowess, uh, love, emotion, wisdom, whatever it is, okay? That is your basic element of story. And that's where it should begin, which is why you need to do the inner game first. Now, to illustrate this, I want you to first close your eyes if you can, don't do it if you're driving, um, and picture going on a trip or a journey of some kind. I'm going to picture going on a road trip. Um, I live in Utah, in the States, and uh, 
my brother and sister-in-law and my niece and nephew live in Texas. Hi, Larrick and Journey. Be good babies. So I'm going to envision going on a road trip from Utah to Texas, right? Now, the next thing that I want you to envision is how are you going to get there? What vehicle will take you on this trip? You can go on foot, you can go by bicycle or scooter, you can go in a car, plane, airplane, uh, rocket ship, spaceship, teleport, you know, it just depends on the story you're writing. But since I'm envisioning this journey as being realistic, I'm just going to take my car. So I'm going to drive from Utah to Texas. Now, it's important to understand what the change is here. The change is not deep or under the skin. The change is simply a change of geography. So my change is going to be going from Utah to Texas. It's a change of location. And of course, the journey is going to take me there. And I'm going to take my car. So the next thing to consider is the terrain. Is it going to stay the same the entire time you're journeying? No. Utah is surrounded by mountains. We've got ups and downs. We've got hills. We've got different climates. We're way, way, way above sea level. So the air is different. The pressure is different. Whereas when you get to Texas, it's very flat, right? Flat fields as far as the eye can see and oil um, drillers going up and down in the distance, right? That's what you see in Texas. And then there's everything in between. So take a minute and envision wherever you're going on your trip, what kind of terrain will you be driving through? Will you be driving through snow? Will you be driving through forest, um, desert, open tundra, open plain? What's it going to look like? And finally, the fourth element that I want you to consider for your journey are, will you have any travel partners? Am I going to be going with anyone? Well, I could go by myself if I wanted to. That's fine. But I would rather go with someone, someone I could talk to along the way, someone I could listen to music with. We could turn it way up and do the boisterous in the car thing because that's just fun. Um, You know, that sort of thing. So consider who your travel partners will be. And eventually, you'll arrive at the destination together if you have a travel partner, and you'll have made the change from one location to another. Okay, so now we're going to compare this to our stories. And you might want to get out a pen and paper to write these down so that you have them as a reference for the future. Once again, your story is the metaphor that leads to your character's change. So rather than just having a change in geography, as I explained before this, they are going to have a deep interchange that takes a lot of transcendence in order to accomplish. Okay, so it really depends on the kind of story you're telling, the kind of change they go through. Are they starting out as being lonely and alone, and at the end of the story, they will have found their soulmate and romantic partner? Are they starting out as physically weak, and you're telling a story that they have to gear up for some sort of competition or tournament or maybe big fight and by the end they're physically strong or that could be more of an emotional strength because of something they go through they start out being very weak like fall on the ground crying like a little girl anytime something happens and by the end they've been through enough that they're very very strong emotionally Um, maybe it's a wisdom thing you know they start out not knowing something not understanding something or which is very often the case, operating under a misbelief or a misconception. And by the end of the story, they've changed because they now understand what that misconception was they were previously operating under and what the truth is now. Okay, so that's going to be your change. That is the end point for your character. They start out in one place and they're going to end up in kind of an opposite place from where they start out, right? So if they start out weak, they're going to end up strong. If they start out ignorant, they're going to end up wise. If they start out alone, they're going to end up with companionship. 
Now, I asked you to think about the vehicle you'd be going in for your trip. The vehicle, what does it do on the trip? What is its function? It is what gets you from A to B, right? So in the story, what does the vehicle represent? The answer is the plot. The plot is the vehicle that leads your character toward their interchange. Think about it this way. Most of us do not wake up in the morning going, wow, I just want to change everything I believe. I just want to have all kinds of enlightenment and reverse everything that I've been brought up to think about the world. No, no, no. that is not the way human beings work. When we have to change, we are generally dragged into it kicking and screaming, which, are why, which is why big life events, tragedies, traumas are the biggest thing that help us to change because without that, we just simply wouldn't, right? Um, so... That's actually what happens in your plot. And this is why you need to know what the interchange is and entangle it with your plot because the inner plot is what forces the character to change. The inner plot forces the character to confront that misguided belief or confront their own weaknesses and then rise above them. So the plot and the internal change or the, the character's transformation need to be very, very entangled, but keep that in mind. The vehicle on the journey to your character's change is the plot. It's what takes them from A to B. It's what forces them to change. Um, then I asked you to consider the terrain. It's going to change. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be hills. You're going to go up, down. You're going to have to go around certain geographical features. Um, you might hit weather that might be good or bad, right? So what mirrors this in your story? It's your setting. It is the place that the journey takes place, right? It is all the bumps in the road that may or may not, you know, directly affect the change, but along the way, you are gonna have to deal with those things, right? So it's your world building. It is the thing, the setting that the character is going to come into contact with along the journey to their change. And the setting can make a big deal in that journey and big difference, you know, about how long it takes, how many detours there are, um, things like that, how difficult it's going to be for your character to get there. I mean, if we were all driving, you know, taking our road trip and it was sunny, 70 degrees, nice weather, there were no roadblocks, no rocks in the road, no deer coming out of the forest, no stoplights. I mean, we'd get where we wanted to go pretty smoothly and pretty easily, but that's not really the way road trips work. <laughs> There's always going to be something that makes it a little frustrating or maybe a lot frustrating, right? Same thing with the world building. The world building needs to complicate your story. It needs to challenge your character and maybe even affect them in a big way on the way to their change. And the fourth thing I asked you to consider were the travel partners, whether you have any and who they will be. This one's probably a little easier. Who are the travel partners in your story? It's the other characters, right? Your, your protagonist is going to travel with them and they're all gonna probably end up at the same place together. Now, that's a very general thing to say. If you have characters that tragically get killed off, then maybe they won't make it to the end, but you get the idea. It's the basics of the analogy, right? So, Let's go with um, a more specific example. Um, let's go with Moana, which is one of my favorite children's movies. Moana's big change, if you watch the show, is that she had to learn to trust herself. She had to learn that everything, all of the greatness was inside her. She could create her own adventures. She could create her own greatness, right? That was the change that she needed to get to by the end of the show so that she could lead her people and her island. So that is the journey she was on. Now, what is the vehicle? 
it's the plot. Everything that happened led to that change. At the beginning, she couldn't have made that change on her own, right? She had to get out on the sea, which was really difficult, make a lot of mistakes, meet other people like Maui. Um, she needed to face the lava monster and fail before she really understood that the greatness was inside her and she reached that change. Then she needed to come face to face with the monster before she actually understood what the solution was. So the plot, every single event that happened in that plot led to her change. It was the vehicle for her change. And if that hadn't happened and she had just stayed on the island, she would never have transcended and achieved that level of mastery over herself so that she could lead her people. So once again, this is important, guys, the external, the plot needs to force the change upon the character. It needs to force them to confront their weakness and their misconceptions and overcome them. Okay. Um, the terrain, the terrain is very potent in Moana. A lot of it's happening on the ocean, right? She's on a boat. She's on various islands. Um, and a lot of it is happening on the water. And that's a very, very big part of her story. And it becomes very complicated out on the water, right? A lot of being out there is what causes problems for her that she has to solve. And that too helps her to become stronger and lead to the change. Travel partners are of course the other characters, mostly Maui, but we also have the, uh, they always call it a chicken, but I think it's a rooster. And she's got a little pig that's her friend. And then the ocean itself is actually a character that has quite a lot of personality. So those are all travel partners for her. All right. so. I guess my point today was to show you that every part of a story functions in a certain way. A story is not someone who gets up and walks around their village and then goes to bed, right? We all know that there has to be rising action, there has to be complications, but if you can look at a story from a bird's eye view like this and think, okay, what does this part of the story need to accomplish in the story? We're not talking about specific plot events, we're talking about functionality. If you can figure out what that is, it will help you move past any blocks you have. It will help you figure out what needs to happen in your story specifically based on the functionality of it, okay? So here's what I want you to do. If you get stuck on anything in your story, beginning, end, middle, character, plot, doesn't matter what it is, I want you to take a moment and ask yourself, what am I stuck on? You know, what is it specifically that's giving you trouble? And then I want you to kind of zoom out from that and ask not just the specifics of what it is in your book, but what is it functionally, right? On a broad level, is it the character that's giving you trouble? Is it the plot that's giving you trouble? Is it the world building? Is it the um, supporting characters? Is it, you know, what is it? And then say, okay, what is my character's journey going to be? Even if you don't know exactly how it's going to end, you have an idea of what kind of journey your character is on and you know that it has to lead to some sort of change. So with that in mind, what, you know, you've, you've figured out what it is that's giving you the trouble, like say it's the world building. Okay, it's the world building that's giving me trouble. Now, what is the function of the world building? It is the terrain. It is the stuff that the character is going to come into contact with on their journey that is going to complicate things. And, you know, maybe we should address what's the point of doing that? What's the point of complicating things. It is to make your character stronger. It is to lead them along the path that will eventually lead to that change, right? So then you can say, okay, so how could this thing that I'm having trouble with, again, using the world building as an example, how can I use it to push my tr protagonist toward their ultimate change? You know, wh where the destination is for them. And if you can figure that out, then you can 
you know, use kind of use that as a foundation and start from there to figure out what specifically needs to happen in your plot. But sometimes, like I said, it's more than just the specifics. We need to step back and understand what our story needs to do, what the different aspects of it do on a functional and foundational level in order for us to move forward and figure out what needs to happen next in the story. So that was my point today, (laughs) is to try and get you to understand the functionality of story and of the different elements of story. If you can keep that in mind, it will really help you to finish your manuscript whenever you get stuck, okay? I know it was maybe a little bit abstract today, but I am actually a big fan of thinking on abstract levels, so uh, this is a sorry, not sorry moment for me, (laughs) okay? But that is pretty much all I have for you today, just something to think about and maybe something to help you get unstuck whenever you need it. All right, um, oh, I did want to say that I mentioned the 10 plot points PDF a few weeks ago and somebody brought to my attention that there was a problem in the funnel and so it wasn't working quite right. So if you tried to get that and you didn't get it, um, please try again. You can go to bit.ly forward slash 10 plot with a capital P. I did go in and fix that so it should work now. Um, You may have to put your email address in again and then it'll come to your inbox. Um, But I will put that in the show notes and so that you can just click on it if that's something that you want. All right. Beyond that, I have some exciting things coming up, hopefully in the next few weeks that I will tell you about, but I'm going to wait on them because they're still in the works. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful week of writing. Get out there and get those stories written that only you can write. And remember, there is always a market for awesome. See you next week, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy storycrafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.